The year is 2022. The podcast is too much dip. <laughs> My name's Dave. I'm going to host live in studio with me at this very moment. You guys might know him from Circling Back fame. You might know him from TFM fame. Or from Too Much Dip. I just, I just know him as the Shacket Influencer fame. It's Dylan. There's also a, um, and Randy brought this to my attention earlier, a half sweater, half jacket called a Swacket. And uh, we're, we're doing a lot at this point, but also I may be copying, but I might call it a Swagget because, you know, I got swag. I just I just heard how that sounds and that's not great. But um, yeah, I don't know if that that's gonna yeah, stick. That was totally unintentional. But anyway, I, it's a half sweater, half jacket. <laughs> Is that uh, not the same thing. Stop. There's there's a little band out there called the Cardigans that would have a, to like have a word with the Swacket uh, fan base. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Anyway, I am I am very happy to be here. I did uh, happen to watch uh, a few sports games over the uh, holiday break. Ready alone? To discuss. I'm sorry. Did you watch these events alone, or did you, by a chance, watch them with the company of anyone else on this podcast? Um, we rose bold. We did. I watched uh, an hour of a game with Dave, and the Will. good part of the game uh, we watched. Yeah, I was just going to go back through the the group text just to see when that was arranged. Um. You know, I figured it was like a, I guess it's because y'all are dads. Well, I guess I'm a dad too. So, or it was a, it was a dog owner thing, right? Uh, well, I guess I have a dog too. So, I mean, shit. Uh, maybe next You're time. Checking guys. all the boxes. <laughs> but you weren't selected. Yeah. The Waco Dixon line rides again. <laughs> you'll be, you'll, uh, we'll, we'll be seeing more of you. Yeah. A little squad Some session point. soon. Yeah. For sure. No. That's KJ, guys. We live. Miss from, you. Where's your Where's your uh, current place? I am a North Central suburb apartment boy in the uh, bosoming Tier One suburb of Capel, Texas. Is live live where I'm coming at you from. Home of the Cowboys. Home of the Cowboys and uh, home of uh, Deli Man Grill, the noted, uh, noted and renowned deli and I guess diner. For a stub sandwich. Are you familiar with the stub sandwich? Was that the Madden favorite? The John Madden favorite, yes. Where it is a uh, two pieces of Texas toast, a sausage patty, eggs, bacon. And I want to say maybe ham is on that bad boy too. Uh, and they, they cook that up and give it to you as a breakfast sandwich. That sounds fantastic. Keeps cardiologists in, in, in business, I would say. Who else is? Give me. Let's get talk. Notable Capel alum was that? Was Kyler not originally from Capel before he transferred, or was he Louisville? If so, if so, I'm unaware. Um, Emmanuel Moutier, not Emmanuel Moutier. That's wrong. Maybe Emmanuel Moody and not Moutier. USC? Moody who was a running back who committed to uh, University of Florida at one point in time. I think he went to USC about the at only one point too. Yes, yes. Okay. And then uh, Connor Williams, noted Capel Cowboy. Uh, was there's an OU tie-in too? The Wall brothers, Ryan Wall, Jacob Wall, one of the Wall. No, not Jacob Wall. <laughs> I don't think that's the same one. Different. Anyway, nobody cares. But that is that is fun. How long are you going to be in this place? Uh, you know we are doing what they call a short-term six-month stint in uh, the suburb of Capel. So it's been nice to have you know more than four restaurants at my uh, choosing at any time. They'll make the trip down, you know, 
10, 15 minutes longer, but you know, who gives a shit about that? Um, but then, you know, six months from now, mark these words, more squad time. Who knows? Do you even like fully unpack if you're doing six months? You keep boxes, uh, kinda, like, a lot of people, I uh, apparently I did with one glaring exception. And, and I expected you to notice, but I don't know how big I'm showing up there. Uh, but over my shoulder, you'll notice one glaring, uh, thing that shows you that I'm here for a good time, but not necessarily a long time. And that is a mounted television in which the wire is still very, very visible. I noticed that within five seconds of you popping up on the screen. I didn't want to say anything and completely put you on front street, but it is quite bothersome. Yeah. But you're there. I almost unplugged. Okay. That's how vain I am about it. Knowing that I was in front of, uh, you know, the guy that hangs more brain and TVs than anyone this side of the Mississippi. Um, That's you, I almost unplugged. It so I wasn't on television the whole time. Are you gaming? <laughs> uh, I will be set up to game this evening, but I have confirmed speeds are quite good. I'm in a good position. Okay. Boys, you might see a flaw when it comes to high speed here. Well, let's do that sport. Let's do some sports. Again, this is the Too Much Dip podcast, our first one of the year. Um, I think the best thing to do would be just to go through everything we've missed for the last three weeks and just and just touch on it. Or do you want to segment it and just talk bowls? Because we dude, we're guys who like sports, but we're guys who really, really like bowl season. Only bowls I know about the kind of smoke from. That's not how you would hold it. You're holding it like it's a joint. That's better. There we go. Unbelievable. (laughs) Unbelievable. I, much like Dylan, am, uh, you know, that's not notedly my bag. Uh, And this is another aside after I said, let's talk sports, but – I was waiting on a pizza the other day, walked into the neighboring CBD shop just to pick up some CBDs for young Wallace, my dog, figured a new place. Let's settle down those, that anxiety. Um, and the whole time they were just like, well, what are you usually into? And she starts mimicking like hand gestures because she can't say the words. And I'm like, you know, the only CBD I fuck with is early bird. So, you know, if you ain't got that, then I ain't here for it. Uh, but it just was very funny to see this lady start miming, like, you know, she tried to like roll her fingers a little bit. I want to know if you burn. And she went to like the long position. I was like, this looks weird. You should have told her you smoke <laughs> only Capel's stickiest weed. Well, you should have. <laughs> and been shown the door. Um, do you guys want to talk about your favorite bowl? <laughs> no, we don't have to do that. I want KJ to issue his like extraordinarily piping hot take about people who opt out of bowl games. Go ahead, KJ. Um, I feel like we went through a weekend full of just blazing hot shit takes. Uh, most notably, Kirk Herbstreet, I believe, uh, took the brunt of the attention. I would say Clint Sterner, former Dallas Cowboy quarterback and Arkansas Razorback, had one of the worst opinions out there. Um. This was post-corral entry, I believe, when talking about uh, I'm happy for Clint, for Matt Corral that he's not injured, but regardless, he wouldn't have lost out on anything because there are several scouts and GMs that would have looked at his willingness to play and love for the game and taken that into consideration when drafting him. That's definitely which how it I works. Say, yeah, fucking right. <laughs> 
Kid just has the intangibles. You know, there's not much to be said that hasn't been said that like, yeah, players these days, I would argue only love football. They're not here for the other bullshit that like we make football out to be that it's life and that it's all of these big grandiose things, which, you know, will pale in contrast when we get a chance to talk about John Madden. But like, I think players are only there for the eight to five. Let's strap in, get practice done, get good at my craft and make it their business and then leave the other bullshit at home. That's all they're there for now. And everybody else wants them to be there for everything else. You know, the grit, the grind, the passion. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was this group text or the meme one or what, but you know, we had somebody talking about a player from the jets getting a Jersey signed by Tom Brady. I don't know if y'all saw that after the game. Was, and I'm like, it was uh, the football that he intercepted from Tom Brady. Maybe the Jersey too, <laughs> which, you know, shouts to Tom if he signed it, but I'm like, that's a prime example. Like players, like it is their job and or a game. Like they're not there to worry about, Oh my gosh, this is my enemy. This is the guy I'm, you know, strapping up against. I never want to talk to I'm like, it's their job. And college players are looking at it like that now. Yeah. When I, when I left the game in ninth grade, that's definitely how I was approaching it. Like, so my seventh and eighth grade year, that's, you, you pretty much nailed it. I totally co-sign what you're saying. Sorry, coach. Second period's about to start. I got to fucking go. That's it for me. Yeah, I got Spanish too, buddy. See you later. Most of these bowl games are like, I know some of them are actually important, right? Some of them are just like money grabs for the universities. I mean, these these sponsored bowls will give your, what, your school several million dollars to play in a game. I don't know how it works, but... Opt out of a, a pretty much a pretty meaningless game. Who cares? I mean, who cares? Yeah, I right? don't. I don't. Yeah, I think anybody who criticizes a kid's choice either way is uh, in the wrong. I mean, that's that's pre- that's a pretty good standard, and I think people finally came to realize that after some nuclear takes between the Madden take between the post mortem. Madden, Madden takes and the opt-out takes. This was just – the last 10 days have been oh, unbelievable. The Madden takes. We'll get to that later. What the hell? <laughs> I don't know what was going on. People were just – people were looking for smoke on Twitter. It's a weird time. I'm glad you reminded me. Conveniently and coincidentally, I forgot all the concussion-related Madden takes that people came out with early on. Oh, man. Um, Topical. My last thought on the opt-outs – a, uh, the athletic put out a number. There were only like 20 actual like opt outs. Kenny Pickett's was pretty evident because him being, you know, likely the number one quarterback drafted out of pit. They kept showing him in the booth with his headset on. He wanted to remain involved. And so he like helped with calling plays or did something from the booth remained around the team. And then the backup quarterback got injured like in the first quarter. So they were rolling out there with their third string quarterback for the rest of the bowl game. And then they kept showing Kenny Pickett up there with a headset on. Like, you know, it's not a bad look on him. It's just inconvenient. I think that the bowls can shift going forward to being more useful for when we start. You know, I bitched all season about rankings and preseason rankings. If the bowls shift from being like this, like crowning jewel for a team season behind them and more of like, here are the players that are on the roster that will be there next year and more reflective of like what they're rolling into next year with, I think there's an opportunity there. You know, will we watch less if like your departing seniors aren't there for a 13th game? I don't know. Yeah, I'm still going to have it on. I'll probably watch the same amount. And now I'm getting a chance to see, I don't know, Quinn Ewers play 
if he were to stay or whatever? Like, would that impact maybe players sticking around a little bit longer if now they're going to be playing in that bowl game? You're assuming that Texas makes a bowl game. Okay, dude. I was hypothetically saying he was still at Ohio State oh, and stayed okay. to play. But obviously, C.J. Stroud's a freshman. I'm saying yes. <laughs> Dylan, we're having fun. Oh, are we, David? No, uh, yeah. Bold bold proclamation. Texas makes a bowl game next year. They win at least six games. I'll yeah. ride with that. Yeah, I know. It's out there. Okay. But that's what we do here. Well, let's, let's start by talking about the fabric of our lives, the touch, the feel. The Cotton Bowl. It's the fabric of our lives, Dylan. I don't know if you know that or not. What? Oh, Cotton. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Bama versus Cincinnati, a game that... Did we all get that one wrong? We didn't... I'm not going to say that anybody had like... No, 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 no. Okay. There's no way. Dylan got it right. Nicole got it right. Okay. You and I picked it as a big boy stack. That was not one of the three games you you picked correctly, KJ. You guys picked Cincinnati? (laughs) With the points, yeah. What, what was the spread? 13 and a half, I think, when we 13. had it. That's ridiculous. If they'd scored a touchdown on the last drive, they covered. So, I mean, we didn't miss the spread by much. We didn't pick them, like, straight up. That game went um, exactly as it, everyone should have expected it to go, I think. Oh, here we go. It's, it's a boring, like, Alabama just slowly pulls away. Nothing, like, too exciting happens. They play great defense and good enough offense, and it's a that's an Alabama game. Yeah, they were the better team. Yeah, it turns out when your team has much better talent and is better coached, uh, you tend to play pretty well. Don't poo-poo since he's coaching staff. They're highly coveted. He's coaching against the GOAT, man. That's true. Yeah, they are well coached. Um, ironically, both teams were like one of the, or are amongst the most penalized, so I don't know if we count that as well coached or not. I have a feeling that you probably would hear from better coaches that like teams that get holding calls and or defensive pass interference calls or – OPIs for that matter, offense pass interference, you know. Um, that's probably something that they're like being more aggressive on, like make them call it, you know. I'd rather you get the penalty kind of thing. But pre-snap penalties, they don't want a lot of. Anyways, I was I took away from the game that Cincinnati didn't look completely outclassed. They got beat. Every single drive, they were unable to like hold them to a third and short, but they made plays defensively when they forced Alabama to pass. And I think Cincinnati showed that even if the depth wasn't there, their pass defense was legit, you know, shouts to Nick Saban for like lining up in the first drive. I think it was like eight of nine runs when all year long they've been doing nothing but throwing the ball. I think they played like New Mexico state and threw it like 52 times and ran it, you know, whatever handful of times, like there were games where they just didn't run it more than 10 times. And here they lined up and ran it with a fifth year running back that nobody knew about or cared about. And he put up 240 yards, the most any Alabama players had in any bowl game. So shouts to them for running the game that needed to be played. But I think it was a sign of respect for Cincinnati that they didn't line up and try to throw the ball all over the place. Yeah, that game I was not as disappointed in. Um, I thought I thought since he could keep it within 10, obviously it's why I picked him. Um, hell, I put a big boy stack on him, which was very, in retrospect, pretty bold. But... Um, it's just, it's tough that like they, they'll never get that chance to go back. Cause they just ruined it for, um, for every other team. Cause now it's just like, Hey man, sorry, you can't compete with the, uh, with the power fives. And I'm being, I'm being, I, I, I'm I, joking. I feel, I'm not being serious here. I did see that. I take know, thrown out there. 
that, I mean, that was being thrown out there quite a bit. We're like, this just shows that you can't compete. Like, frankly, not a lot of people compete with Alabama. Um, had we had Cincinnati, Michigan, um, which there wasn't a ton of justification for once Bama beat the shit out of Georgia, but like had it fall into where Bama and Georgia had to replay each other in the first round and we got Cincy, Michigan, I think we would have been happier to see a competitive semifinal game on each side. And then let's say we get, I don't know, even since this same exact game in the, in the championship, I feel like we would have been better off than what we had for two playoff games and then getting one competitive uh, championship. Yeah. I played the game of like, okay, which team that potentially could have jumped Cincinnati in that four spot would have given Alabama a better game. And I immediately thought, okay, okay. Oklahoma state was close. They were an inch away quite literally. And I can't even – I don't think they would have scored – I don't think they would have put up any points against Alabama. No offense. Notre Dame definitely would not. <laughs> I, don't think ba- I don't think Baylor would have. I mean, after what we – I mean, it's just – There are a handful of teams right now that can be competitive against Bama and, for, and Georgia for that matter. One of them opted out of their bowl, bowl game due to COVID. I don't know if you know that. Texas A&M. Texas A&M, yeah. How do you feel about that well, opt-out, SP. KJ? It was, you know, uh, in contrast to the UCLA opt-out where UCLA opts out the day of the game hours before, which I think is legitimate. If they're saying we've got positive cases, can't play, can't play. But you see every single bowl game you watch, they show you clips from during the week when they take the kids to fucking Dave and Busters or whatever. (laughs) A lot goes into the bowl game week. Like they're doing shit like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Like they go to a children's hospital. There's all kind of bullshit. Cotton Bowl does it as good as anyone you know I know of. It's only the only bowl game I've been uh, a part of in the past. So I can't imagine being North Carolina State, going from North Carolina to San Diego, spending a week there, having your family be there for two or three days in expensive-ass hotels, long-ass way away from home, and UCLA is just like, sorry, we ain't got it. Whereas Texas A&M, like a week and a half before <laughs> – or whatever it was, says, yeah, we don't have the personnel to be prepared. And then when it's uh, like a five-day timeline. Their beat, their beat reporter uh, was saying that uh, whatever, whoever the walk-on was, quarterback that was supposed to start, tested positive, and then like an hour later, he quote tweets it like, oh, really? Because uh, that's news to me. And then he deleted the tweet <laughs> eventually. So, so uh, people, well, are, people are saying that spe- maybe they didn't yeah. want the smoke. The speculation is that, okay, so some guys, what, like, departed early for the draft they had some guys that were i guess out with COVID. although a week and a half announcement would lead to me i mean there's enough time to like be cleared this is pre-five-day yeah. cdc okay to be fair it was still quote unquote 10 days at the time but it, it, still remind me who they were set to play uh, do you remember football team there they were uh replaced by rutgers wake forest yeah wake forest yeah because rutgers right. was five and seven and played them and actually Played them game. quite closely for being for playing a team that was undefeated until like the last week of the season. Yeah, they were down a quarterback, right? Like they're uh, they might have been down two. Okay, Calzada, they're back up. So Haynes King injured, not available. Calzada, who started most of the season, had already transfer portal. went into the transfer portal before the bowl game, and then they were on their third quarterback. I don't know if he was on scholarship or not. And apparently that's the one that got COVID. They probably had two others on the roster that they just said aren't good enough. But regardless, you're Texas A&M. I think the reason they opt out is because they're Texas A&M and they don't need the fucking money. They're one of the top revenue programs in the country um, from an athletic department standpoint. But you've got enough players on your roster 
to show up and just hand the ball off 45 times and, you know, go to the bowl game. They, they clearly just were like, yeah, we don't, we don't fucking care. We're not going. Yeah. I'm going to be this guy and be like, man, I don't, this probably won't be, well, some of those guys, it's going to be their last opportunity, but I'm just thinking like, dude, that's kind of going to bowl games is probably a pretty cool experience. KJ, you can uh, speak to that. So it's just kind of sucks for the the kids, the seniors, maybe, I don't know. Uh, I'd say the seniors. And I mean, they're people like myself. I was fortunate to be at Texas tech right at the right time where we went to the cotton bowl. So I was there for the whole nine days or whatever. And all of those festivities or whatever, but it was a big deal. Then I would say bowl games are much bigger to like smaller schools where that's the pinnacle of their season. So if we're going to say it both ways, so we're like the only game matters is the college football playoff and the championship. None of the other things matter. But then when you're UNT, and you win five straight games to become bowl eligible at the end of the season, like they got ran in their bowl game, but it was a big deal for them to get to that point. Um, so I, I think bowl season needs to stick around. I think that there's a lot of benefit to it. Even if it doesn't mean these players are going to get highlighted and go to the league, who cares? I think that it's still something good to look forward to for some of these teams who aren't conference champions. You know, you could be 11 and one, not go to your conference championship and all of a sudden, somebody else like says, Hey, your bowl sucks. We're not playing in it. And that's your season. That would suck. That's basically almost what happened to wake forest. Yeah. Um, I kind of love your idea of just ha- letting it be a showcase for like the up and coming talent in your program. I don't know exactly how you would yeah. do that. Like, I mean, you, I, you just, roll, you just, you gotta sorry. Them. No, I'm saying if seniors want to play, you got to let them. But, um, if somebody, yeah. if somebody opts out, okay, that's a chance for the next guy to like show, you know, Step up hey, and, and play the game. Next man up is what I'm I've always said. <laughs> that, that's your uh, that's your trademark position. Next man up. Yeah. I, I just mean it from a marketing standpoint. Like the people who are loudly complaining about this are the ESPNs who are you know the ones getting all the money from this for the most part. But like all they have to do is then you know think of all the money that comes out of freaking high school recruitment. You know some of these players become names that you remember. For the most part, like we talk about A&M having what, five, five-star signed. Okay, maybe two of them are just great players we hear about for future years. Two of them are going to be people we don't hear about in the next year or two at all. So like all they have to do is pivot and start marketing whoever the next person is. Run a profile on that guy and you're good to go. So whatever, that's my bowl soliloquy and whatever you want to call it, soapbox, I mean. Uh, Georgia, Michigan was dog shit. This is the most (laughs) disappointing for me because – not even because I picked Michigan, but just I thought this was going to be a fun game. I thought this was going to be back and forth, ultimately with Michigan on top. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> Went the exact opposite. Not good. Yeah, I mean, all these, like, uh, you know, five-star late in recruiting classes that Alabama and UGA put together – I mean, the, the difference in the talent on the field seemed to be pretty apparent. I mean, obviously, Michigan has a few absolute studs, especially on that, along the D-line. But, my God, it was, it was, it was ugly. They out-talented them. Out- it, was, it was ugly. Did not expect to turn on an episode of Season 2 Succession at the half <laughs> with my wife. She's like, can we watch a Succession? And I was like, you know what? We absolutely can. <laughs> We absolutely can watch one because this is not going to get better. Well, if there's a standard to live up to when it comes to picking whether what football games 
uh, in the outcomes of said games, I think we have to defer to uh, Mrs. Alyssa Ruff from here on out. But uh, Mrs. Five for Five, say, she's uh, not allowed back. Yeah, Mrs. Five no for Five. Why'd she do us like that? Uh, somebody f- didn't understand the assignment. Both I did not, and clearly she did not. <laughs> She just knew she knew she put that big boy stack on uh on her Baylor Bears and I'll be t- I'll be damned if it didn't hit. It was impressive. Shouts to uh Brett for going to the game, but as people that were rooting for the game, I feel like that's well, short of the Matt Corral injury, I feel like that's the experience like you can hope for as like a fan of a, a team like that. As a t-shirt Baylor fan, I have to thank TCU for upsetting Baylor in the season because had they not, you can't say how this rest of the season would have played out. But a one-loss Baylor team that wins the Big 12 very likely makes the playoff and gets absolutely destroyed by Alabama. Instead, now all the talk is Aranda, that defense, and they won the Sugar Bowl, and very likely they're the best team in Baylor history. Um, It's the first Baylor team to win a, a New Year's Bowl. Um, so yeah, that was, uh, that was cool to see that the injury sucked. It took the wind out of it. I thought, I thought, uh, we talked about this in a group text, KJ, Greg McElroy. Great. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a big fan of his, um, his work play by play or uh color guy, but he, uh, I thought his, his, um, his words it's on ginger corral were very, very, uh, very nice. What'd you say? Well, I, I was saying he's, he's got red hair. Okay. What was the corral diagnosis? What was it? A high ankle sprain or what was it? I mean, he's not going to like miss no significant time, right? Because McElroy described the injury as sickening, which I thought was it felt a little dramatic to me at the time. Like he's going to get drafted very high still; he'll be just fine. It wasn't a Jalen Smith like niche red situation. It was negative. No. The result, yeah, the uh, expectations that was a broken leg is what people thought in the moment turned out x-rays were negative and it's a sprain in which he likely is going to be okay by pro day or pro day and or combine yeah. if he well, chooses to do it. Great so. to hear. But yeah, I just thought it was a little, all right, let's slow down. It's not sickening. He's going the, to be fine. Well, the way it kind of got rolled up on, it looked like it might, you know, you see that happen to linemen quite a bit where you thought maybe he just blew his knee out or there could have been a break there. And uh, the, the shots of him crying were pretty devastating. Shout out to Ole yeah, Miss for competing, for competing, like losing your guy, like in the first quarter. It, it felt a little bit like an Apple Watch commercial. It was a little, you know, a little over top with dramatics, but you know. That was that made my top five moments of my uh, winter break, KJ. The Apple Watch commercial. <laughs> Fun fact: Check out Circling just Back. All of your emotions just fucking drug out. <laughs> See, I the people at home don't realize whenever this happens to me. I very rarely will hear circling back before we do too, too much stuff. Even when I'm in the studio, I'll hear about 40% in half of the conversation. And then I'll roll right up here and I'll say some of the same dumb shit. <laughs> and Dylan's been very kind to me in the past. I think it was about the uh, gallon of water or the Dixie cup. And I had the same discussion directly to Dylan after the upset. And he just goes, yeah, yeah, we, we talked about that. It didn't embarrass me about it. I was like, all right, I feel like I was riding home. Dixie Cup. Listening thing. to the motivation, reading a Dixie Cup uh, with the just a little bit more or not yet or whatever. Our little on the uh, side yeah, of the yeah, cup. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey, I've got some breaking news from our uh, insider in Norman. Is Caleb Williams entering the transfer portal? Per source, my source, my direct source, 
The word is that he is entering the portal regardless to talk to other teams, but the hope is OU can re-recruit him. Miami, if Joe Brady gets the OC job, and Notre Dame are the two front runners. UGA also some smoke, but I don't know if I buy that or if he buys that since it's all based on some big money NIL deal. You know how it is. Follow the money. You got to go to USC. If you're Caleb Williams. They're not even, I mean, that's not even in the mix here. Do they have like their next guy up already? I mean, is it, uh, I don't know. If I'm him, I'm going to USC. They did have a freshman that was one of the decommits, but, uh, you know, I agree. You you go where you're going to be most successful, but I guess that's game's changed. Thank um, you, T-Man. Oklahoma State, Notre Dame. Dude. That turned into a good one. Um, tough scene for the Irish. Um, they're going to win one of these at some point. <laughs> that was... I did not look. I I I might have been talking down on Spencer Sanders before the game. In fact, I was. I didn't think that they. I didn't feel good about my Okie State pick, and the fact that they were able to come back is pretty shocking to me because I was never super impressed by Oklahoma State's offense. But that's a big win. That's a really big win for Gundy. Is that like his? I don't. I know that's not the best season in, in school history or anything, but like, that's a. That's the best win of the Gundy era, isn't it? Yeah. They haven't finished off a season with a victory of that caliber. They've had years where they were in contention for, you know, BCS bowls or playoff right on the edge of it like they were this year. But either, like at the end of it, they never quite closed it out. And this year they did. So shouts to them. And for them to do it with defense. Yeah. uh, Good on them. Much like Baylor. Because Baylor was like 0-3 on those bowls. And so, yeah, shout-out to Aranda, shout-out to Gundy. Um, Has Gundy ever been pursued by, uh, I don't want to say better, but more prestigious program to become their head coach? Oklahoma State has been just really good for a long time. I mean, since he's been there, they've been a good program. I think Fox and Friends was after him for a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. He's more of an an OAN guy. He is, (laughs) yeah. Just a, it's just a t-shirt. I, I don't know. He's probably a state. I don't lifer. know specifically, but uh, he's he's been. I guess the whole thing was like when T Boone was alive. Like it was always discussed that like they're never going to get outbid if somebody came after him. And he was such a niche personality. Les Miles fizzled out, you know, outside of his one success point at at uh, LSU. So I, I don't know if people were concerned. Like, hey, here's a. You know, he's kind of a wonky guy, if you will. I don't know that, what that means, but quirky is probably a better word. Um, he is I don't know Oklahoma. if there were many time prestigious programs that felt, said like, oh, here's the face of our program. Like, He is he is in the same camp as Coach O, where there you go. you're not going to – maybe a little bit more marketable or, excuse me, more like sellable to other schools, but like Gundy and Coach O, they are right where they – or they, well, they were – uh, Coach O's not in Baton Rouge anymore, but that was perfect for them. That's where they fit in. And you, I imagine like Gundy going to like uh, Washington or something, Washington State. Yeah, he had to leave the OAN t-shirt at home if he did that. And the mullet. Probably I don't know if the, the mullet, mullet. Yeah, that belongs in Stillwater. The mullet may not play outside of Stillwater. I would say I could see him, um, you know, let's say things fizzle out at uh, – at Mississippi State for Leach or Ole Miss for Kiffin, he takes another gig from, you know, like 
I think those kind of positions, SEC, he could fit. Apparently, Florida was a place he showed interest in before they took Billy Napier. So I could see that playing out okay. That would be weird. That's uh, that's one that would be weird to see. Um, Agreed. Rose Bowl. about the uh, Bros Bowl? Uh, heartbreaker for me. You know, you know, I love my Utes. You know, that's my team out west. Cam Rising, you hate to see it. I mean, you got a lot of people are saying like, yeah, Ohio State won, but like, had Cam Rising not got hurt, like at the end there, like they probably don't win that game. Therefore, that's an asterisk for Ohio State. That's what <laughs> a lot of people have said. I don't think I buy that, but I just saw it on Twitter. Um, no, that was that was a sick game. That's the one that I was at Dylan's just, watching it, and I walked outside to like throw the football with Parks for two minutes. I like miss I missed like fourteen points in that span. That looked like a um, like an OU Texas Tech game from like seven years ago. Just just refusal to play <laughs> any kind of defense whatsoever, but exciting as hell. In a game, I think we we, we needed after some of the games we've seen this bowl season. But uh, yeah, tough to see uh, Utah come up a little bit short on that one. But a very entertaining game. Well, the dude who went for like what three hundred forty something receiving yards. What's his name? Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah, out dude. of uh, Rockwall, Texas, or maybe Rowlett. One of the two. One of those east of the lake uh, here in the DFW area. I've been touting that guy's name for I don't know a year. I'm not saying I picked him. He was the number one receiver in his class, but like they were playing with uh, Olave. Didn't play. Correct. Yeah. Um, and then Garrett Wilson, I want to say, didn't play. So their top two of their three receivers weren't playing in the game, and he just completely uh, took over the scene. So shouts to him and C.J. Stroud coming off, you know, disappointing you know, Heisman loss um, to just show up and be like, yeah, we are still – we still got the – we keep that thing on us, if you will. Uh, I did not expect Utah to hang like that. Um, I thought Utah was a run the hell out of the ball kind of team. So shouts to whatever the hell they've built out there that kept the score like that. I, I, I'll be honest. I didn't see every single play of this game, but the PAC 12 going zero and five in bowls, I guess you can read something into that with the exception of the fact that like they were right there in a lot of their goal games. Yeah. My biggest takeaway or the question that I'm sitting here pondering is why when cam rising got hurt, why was the uh, former five-star out of Duncanville not the backup when he on the depth chart was the backup? And I don't know. I, I cannot find – people on Twitter were asking, but I never saw like a, a straight answer as why the other kid got the nod. And shout-out to him because he went down there. I think he's a walk-on and tied the game. Left a little too much time, but that's okay. Uh, still a big moment for him. But, yeah, I was a little bummed to see Jaquindon not get the nod there because – I've I've been talking it into existence enough, and I thought Mc, I was very excited that this might be his uh, his moment, but uh, that didn't happen. And I don't know what that means for him going forward. There, I think the coach said he sees him every day. Well, okay, <laughs> that's kind of a mean thing to say about your player. Uh, hey, whatever Ohio State did, and they didn't play defense, but I don't know if you saw this: the uh, Duncanville four-star edge rusher Amari. Uh, Abor chose Ohio State this morning. Uh, so big time. That is big time. I mean, because he was getting recruited by everybody. And yeah, I think Texas wanted that kid. Texas, Alabama. Yeah, I guess he. I guess he saw that and realized he could probably get the get to the field a little bit earlier than uh, some of those other schools. 
Um, last thing, we talked a lot about the amount of players entering transfer portal. It's been all over headlines. I mean, hell, we were talking about Caleb Williams. And I think you hit on exactly what goes into that. I think the part of what's going on now is that players are almost incentivized to enter the portal, essentially see what their options are. It doesn't mean you have to go anywhere. They don't have to leave their team or whatever, um, but essentially gives them a chance to be re-recruited, whether it's the self-interest of like, hey, I, I want to be chased or whatever, but or I need a new opportunity. But more importantly, it's like if there are other places that are willing to say, hey, you can't recruit, recruit openly saying we're promising you this NIL deal, but you can say, for example, this player got this NIL deal. So it allows them to hear some of those pitches. Oh. Um, so that's why so many players, I would say, are entering. Doesn't mean all of them will leave. Wait, man, I've just I just thought about that. You can like enter the portal, be recruited all over again, and get that NIL money if you haven't previously gotten the bag. Maybe you had an excellent sophomore season. You know, mm-hmm. you became a star. Like, okay, let's go get the money. That's interesting. Correct. And with the COVID year, like you don't like that year last year did not count against anyone's eligibility. So say so you wanted to stick around another year and you're not like a surefire draft pick, but you're a highly productive player that can go contribute on a bigger team. Uh, there was a wide receiver out of Arlington Lamar who was playing at Wyoming. Um, had a hell of a season. Uh, Naylor, I want to say is his last name, N-E-L-O-R, something like that. And that's a perfect example. Like, are you going to keep playing the Mountain West for Wyoming or take some calls? And I think he's like got offers to Texas and uh, A&M and Georgia and all these places that he wasn't recruited to out of high school not only to move up in a rank uh, potentially, but now go get that bag. Wow. You Makes sense. Just basically you become a free agent if you want to. Exactly. You got to do what's best for you. Which the last thing on that, uh, unless I missed something, still no word on Zach Evans. <laughs> Is he in the portal officially? Well, yeah, he's been in the portal pretty much since end of season for TCU, running back out of uh, – right. Playing to put North Shore, uh, there was a guy who signed on the early signing day with Minnesota that was a different Zach Evans, but Zach Evans, number two running back in his class behind Quinn Ewers, number two overall player, I should say, um, is still out there. So I don't know what's uh, going on there. Per per source, he is trending SEC. They're saying SEC, and it looks like Ole Miss. Interesting. Which, you know, Okay. I like Ole Miss's future going forward. I don't know. That's that dude. I don't. I'm not going to give up on the guy because like you can't give up on that talent. But like the last few years, man, I hope he gets it together because he was an absolute monster in high school. Uh, agreed. I mean, he was productive, um, and you know, fortunately, he played for one of the best coaches in the country. So we'll who's, see. Who's that? Oh, I'm I'm not sure what the running backs coach's name is. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh. Can we talk about our friends at Vizzy? Man, it's been a minute, hasn't it? Like, life is full of difficult choices. I That's something that I've learned in my, my 37 years on this earth. That's why I love when I see Vizzy at the store, when I'm there buying my hard seltzer, and I just look over and I'm like, well, that's what I'm getting. I'm going to get the stuff with the antioxidant vitamin C. Something unique, something delicious. That's what I'm bringing home. It's the hard seltzer. It's got the super fruit acerola. 
you know what it is. We've been doing this for a while. Nobody nobody had us coming out of the gate just pumping busy, but we are. Speaking of difficult choices, as most of you know, I just moved. You did. And when you move, you pack up things that are near and dear to you, and you toss out the uh, things that you may not need. I had a fridge full of many different kinds. Not many. I'm not like an alcoholic, but I had <laughs> I had options in there, and I threw away a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, guess what I did not throw away, David? And what made the, guess what made the move with me? I'm going to say Vizzy. Vizzy, you'd be correct. You can't just throw away superfruit acerola with the antioxidant vitamin C. No, you cannot. You can't. Now, there's plenty of other hard seltzers out there, KJ. But with its bold and delicious dual fruit flavors and, again, the antioxidant vitamin C, Vizzy makes the choice easy. And that it's a lot tastier. Pineapple mango, black cherry lime, strawberry kiwi, blueberry pomegranate, papaya passion fruit, watermelon strawberry, and more. They've even got the lemonade hard seltzers as well. And the watermelon hard seltzers, which I love. Each variety pack offers four delicious fruit flavors and the same antioxidant vitamin C. I'm, I, all of the lemonades are good with me and the watermelons, too. I am a black cherry lime fan. There's been no question about that since day one in my uh, new apartment setting. That puts me in a position to be able to utilize the community grill, which uh, your boy has got lined up to say, hey, I'm going to head down there with the Vizzy. You know, maybe a steak or some things on the grill. Just put out the vibe. See what's going on. Wow. I got, I got stuck on the lemonade flavors and I couldn't get off. It's tough, man. I'm still riding that wave. They're very, it's a great wave to be on. With Vizzy, you can enjoy refreshment with the antioxidant vitamin C and at 5% ABV, 100 calories and less than one gram of real cane sugar per can. Every sip of Vizzy is more exhilarating. Check it out. Step up your seltzer game with Vizzy. To find out where you can purchase Vizzy, go to VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash washed. That's VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash washed to get updates on their latest flavor drops. Sign up for their emails at VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash subscribe. Must be 21 or older. Some uh, NFL stuff yesterday. I don't know if y'all are watching it all. I did. Uh, National Football League, I believe that's that what that's what that stands for, right? Correct. I did unfortunately watch some games. Yeah. You want to lead with AB? Yeah. Who wants to issue the nuclear AB take? I felt like those were going uh, around yesterday too. I'll give one. He'll be back. Ooh. Ooh, I don't think so. Uh, I think that. Uh, as dumb as he potentially is or uh, uh, unstable as he seems to be, um, with a couple exceptions, uh, his current departure doesn't really have any legal issues tied to them. There's not a suspension pending. Uh, he didn't get in any physical altercations with anybody that we saw. Um, there likely will be a lot of questions and a lot of doubt sown towards him, which is probably... Uh, uh, owed and deserved, but my guess is there's going to be a team dumb enough to say, hey, you know, let, let's give them a shot, especially when we're dealing with weeks and weeks of just, you know, players getting benched due to COVID or injuries you know, a year from now. You think like a team that maybe lost their really, really good third receiver no, yesterday? I mean, no chance. The, the only reason he was on the box is because Tom Brady basically like went to bat for him, right? It was like, absolutely. He vouched for him. Um, he lived with him. And after this happened, I, I just can't see another team taking a chance on him. It's too much of a headache. To do this right before the playoffs start, too. In a game that they were losing, by the way, to the Jets. I mean, that's egregious. That's You can't. You just completely quit on your team. I know they're 
the circumstances around what made that happen are kind of up in the air. He, I think today said that he had an ankle injury, that he didn't feel comfortable going out. And Arians was like, well, if you're not going on the field, then you're going to the locker room, basically. Um, if there is some truth to that, some merit to that, then that's a little – the story is a little bit different, obviously. You still can't just take your jersey off and run off the field that way. Um, but it does change the narrative slightly. Who knows how true it is, though? Well, Either way, he quit on his team. Here's the thing about any time AB has something like this pop up. People make jokes – and then people remind you that he had a absurdly insane concussion back uh, when he was with Pittsburgh. And people point to that. And then people like to take that and say, there's something wrong mentally with him. This guy might have mm-hmm. issues from that. People like to trace it back to that hit. I don't know if that's verifiable or not, right? But... So then you're like, oh, well, should I even be joking about this? Like, is this something? It's just, it's a weird thing because the guy's had so many um, issues. Like, I mean, he froze his feet in a cryo machine. <laughs> do you remember that? It, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I definitely do. Which uh, that, that's that's not, know, favorite, that's just user error. Uh, my favorite uh, nugget of his history is when he got released and released like a full-blown black and white 8K definition documentary celebration of like running around his backyard saying, I'm free, I'm free. Like the guy clearly needs help beyond like being put on a football team and in that environment. No question about it. I would say the only reason he played, like Dylan said, is is due to Tom Brady vouching for him and, and further than that, Bruce Arians covering and Byron Leftwich being willing to deal with them. All of those options are out the door. The only other caveat is in both situations when he showed up here and in New England, the guy showed up in shape and ready to work and was productive and contributed. And unless like Mike Williams or Chris Godwin or somebody else in the locker room just hasn't said anything, up until this incident and you know, the vaccine card incident, like it's not like he was pissing off all these other players. Like I feel like Mike Evans has enough clout and tenure to like run him out a lot sooner than this. If there was an issue with him before this. So, you know, he seems like the type that can at least fall in and then eventually it'll be a problem. But I'm saying there's going to be a team that's going to look to use his, his skills for three to four weeks between now and the end of next year. Okay, you've you've kind of you've kind of convinced me. I wouldn't. Bet I wouldn't on say it. it's the Cowboys. That won't happen. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, I don't see it. I you know we got Cedric Wilson, the uh, the not only the the third re- the third receiver, but also the best quarterback on the team. How about that? Like that joke? Okay, that joke was made yesterday. Cowboys lose to Arizona at home. A very depleted Arizona team. Um, and I don't mean that as like a Cowboys fan. I mean, it was just an entertaining NFL game. It it ended up being. I mean, the fourth quarter was fun. Um, Dak, is, Dak is broken. He's he's making some, not bad throws, but like terrible, terrible throws. I'm going to speculate. I had this typed out in a, in a couple different group texts, and then I was like, I don't even want to like say this, but the way he is either woefully short or sailing the ball, or if you're Tony Pollard and you're six yards in front of the line of scrimmage, just pegging him with the ball. Not, not what you're thinking, KJ. Not, I mean, is the shoulder thing back and he just has no touch on short pa- on like 
short to mid-range throws because he threw some – that ball to Gallup on the touchdown, the one that Gallup tore his ACL on, was a beautiful throw. It just looks like the he CD has no Lamb. touch. The C.D. Lamb play where C.D. Lamb's like uh, Allen Iverson shooting sleeve got pulled off. Like that was an incredible pass, like in exactly where it needed to be. Lamb ran his route perfectly. They were perfectly in sync. He ran a curl route. And like as he was breaking back, puts his hands up right there between the numbers, right at the, you know eye level, makes the catch. Beautiful. And that was in the fourth quarter later in the game. So I don't know enough about golf or baseball to be as familiar with the yips as others in, in NFL really only comes up in, in association with kickers a lot of times. But there's something missing in his game, but it's so inconsistent to where he shows flashes of having it in the middle of a game or late in the game to where I'm like, I don't know if it's purely physical, you he know, was, because if it was physical, you're surely not running that out in the fourth quarter. Like the best series they had was after he had that fumble. They do. The Cowboys do what I pretty much did my entire educational career. And they don't really start doing their best until they're down double digits. <laughs> they don't know. They don't even bother <laughs> opening the playbook until they're like, it looks like the game's over. And they'll do just enough to get right there to make you mad that the refs missed. I, I would say on that last drive, that last Arizona drive, three there were three calls that did not go their way, um, and that's what people want to talk about now. But what really is the story is a Dak, and B. I think you can call out Kellen Moore, the play calling in the first half, like their ability to adjust, and I guess C would be the running game. I think there's combined twenty six yards on the ground for Tony Pollard and, and Zeke. That was awful. And if they can't if they can't do better than that, they're not going to win a playoff game. No. They're definitely not getting through Green Bay. If, even if they... the, the thought of them having to go up to Lambeau, if they, if they even make it that far, which is unlikely at this point, the thought of them going up there with no running game whatsoever, is that is not going to be pretty. Yeah. I, I, I would say that even the flashes of the defense being exceptional, like the Cowboys are very fun because of how great their defense looks to be and what we think their offense is based on like six games in the early part of the season against very subpar defenses. Um, I don't see a defense like that phasing a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers uh, when it comes to being playoff time in Green Bay, you know, at that time of the year. So I'm, I'm still optimistic that assuming that Philly isn't just that effing team, um, which I think they deserve some, some, some uh, attention. They've won six out of the last seven uh, and they play the Cowboys to finish up the season and they could be seven of their last eight and potentially play the Cowboys again. Like I sure as hell didn't think Nick Sirianni was worth a damn, but he's putting together a team that does not have a wide receiver over six foot two really. And, you know, making it into something. Yeah, I think right as of right now, it. I think the uh, likelihood is Dallas hosts Arizona. They run it back because um, they pretty much got the fourth seed locked up, right? So it's it's either going to be I think Arizona or Philly, and I don't. I'm not saying I like their chances running it back against Arizona, who will obviously become they will be healthier by then, but. The fourth quarter was something. They were able they opened up the playbook. They they ran the trick play with Cedric Wilson, which has like I feel like that's never not worked. That that dude is nails. Um but yeah, if they can't run the ball at all and it, I don't know. I wanted to be like I I wanted to get excited when I saw Dak like he did last week running the ball, but 
And then he gets the ball punched out on that sick play from uh, what's his name, Isaiah, Isaiah Simmons. Simmons. Yeah, that dude's a beast. Um, no. I don't know, man. The the Cardinals have a great defense. Chandler Jones is a kind of a game wrecker, uh, dude. I don't know. It, it, to John Bones, of course. Johnny Bones Jones, yes. Yeah, it's it's freakish watching him and Buda Blake, Buda Baker play on the same defense. Buda Baker's Troy Palmolo esque. Like he doesn't have the same size and like big hit ability, but the amount of plays that he's involved in and like ability to like balance and you know ball hawk and yeah. be there for fumbles like that guy is incredible. I can't think about incredible. that dude without picturing him him getting run down by DK Metcalf, which is unfair. Oh, that's true. An absolute baller. <laughs> he's all over the place. He kind of has some uh, is- some honey badger in him a little bit. He's just everywhere. Mm-hmm. That's that's much better comparison than than uh, Palmolo, I'd say, just given the size and everything. How do y'all feel um, about Kyler? I mean, at the end of the game, he I, I don't know if he made the decision or if Clint Kingsbury did, but it seemed like there was a point where there was like uh, they needed to pick up a couple first downs, and he said, "You know what? I'm faster than everybody that's on this field." Is is there like a, maybe not every person at a you know fifty yard dash, but there's not a person that without an, a much better angle that is going to catch me if I just dead set sprint for the sideline. And he did it like two or three times. Yeah. And I'm like, it's just weird to see that happen. I don't think there's an offense that you would least like. How do I put this? I would the, the trying to face them in that situation where they all they have to do is get a first down or two. That is the most difficult offense to do that against because like. Kyler, I mean, they they were running some option. What are you going to do? I mean, like somebody that Michael Parsons is is fast, probably you know one of the fastest guys out there, but he can't keep up with Kyler. Nobody can. And by yeah, the I, way, people need to start respecting the uh, the overused stat every time they play Kyler. Every time Kyler comes to Arlington, and that he's never lost in that stadium because that is wild. He's the dude. He's the greatest high school football player in the history of Texas. Yeah, but he is. What seventy percent of his wins before he was a pro, right? Because he won a Big Twelve championship there, correct? In Oklahoma, a bunch of state championship games, three three six A titles at Allen, and then this is like a, what a second or third win against the Cowboys. I think that's his second win in Arlington, if I'm not mistaken. That is a six stat, though. It's a six stat, and you know what? Like I don't, it's overused, but I I still like it's still I feel like people don't really realize how sick he was in high school. I guess we just don't, it's such, it's one of those stats that is impressive, but it's so unique because like Matt Stafford didn't have a chance to play high school games or college games in that stadium. So, you know, it does not apply. Um, it wouldn't apply if it was like the butthole stadium in Atlanta either. Cause you know, Georgia wasn't making it to that many sec title games and or winning them, but nevertheless, like, wow there aren't that many other quarterbacks that would be eligible to have a similar stat in their home Stay in a stadium period, just because you have the unique situation where DFW market Cowboys host a ton of high school football games. And then they also host a ton of college games each year. So like, I don't know if there's a PAC 12 or big 10 or other equivalent, like a, a player that could even have something similar, you know? Yeah. Through the ball. But is, yeah. It's- um, man, Tough scene for Kellen Mond. He didn't deserve to catch. I'm glad you're taking that angle. What? 
No, I'm saying to start it with Kellen Mond and, and not with the coach. Um, we don't talk about the Vikings a lot here because they're a team that's on the cusp of the playoffs. We do have a, a listening base in Minnesota for sure. Uh, my dad's a Vikings fan. I watch the hell out of the Vikings and, and general, generally root for them, but they don't come up in our realm of uh, discussion quite often. So I don't oftentimes have the ability to voice my absolute disinterest in any positive statements about Mike Zimmer. And uh, while I never want to talk about like the ramifications of a coach losing their job, I'd be very happy if this was his last day as a uh, the Minnesota Vikings head coach. That's all I've got to say. Turns out he's not real thrilled with their third round pick. Yeah, can we can we set the scene? <laughs> so obviously Cousins was out for COVID, right? Unvaxxed and yeah, he made it. Gotta say, shout out to Kirk for making it this long. Nobody had that. <laughs> um, and so who who started? I didn't watch this game. Mike Mayne. Mike who? Or Sean Mannion or Mike Mannion? Mannion, I believe, out of Oregon State. He's, he started two other games in his career. Someone I've never heard of. Uh, okay. Didn't exactly. play well, apparently, for this question. Sean be, Mannion, actually. For this question yes. to be asked during a post-game press conference. Um, and absolutely just skewers Kellen Mon for seemingly no reason. They asked they – asked, I don't know if they were asking about next week, but, like, would you – are you going to yes. consider – starting Mond or playing Mond so you you know you can I think the words were so you can watch him and see him and evaluate him and his response was very um Belichickian it was why would I do that I, I see him every day yeah so, so doesn't, doesn't look good doesn't sound good for Kellen Mond no and, and is there something I'm 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 missing as I have don't I, I like Dylan probably uh, don't follow the Vikings that closely but I mean you think that's a, a third round pick's not nothing. It's a significant investment that the 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 franchise has made in you. Maybe you want to see him on the field. I would say that Sean Mannion looked okay in the beginning of that game. He obviously was not the guy to go toe to toe with uh, Aaron Rodgers. Like that wasn't going to happen. But he made some throws. Um, the clip after uh, Aaron Rodgers, I think it was their second touchdown, or the touchdown to Devontae Adams. They immediately go to Mannion grabbing his helmet and then the rest of the sideline. NBC does this often where they're like looking for the, all right, now I'm up. Like reaction from the other quarterback. And all of the faces just read, ah, shit, here we go again. Like they've got to go back up there again. <laughs> and even Chris Collinsworth was like, man, it must, uh, it's quite a feeling to sit there and watch on the sideline and watch Aaron Rodgers do his job, and you just know you don't have the weapons to respond. <laughs> sneaky, glad, but, sneaky glad the Cowboys lost yesterday so I didn't have to watch that game, like hoping that there was a chance they could still get the one seed if the Vikings beat Green Bay. I, just, I, I watched enough of it to be like, yeah, this, is, uh, this isn't going to get better. Vikings, I mean, they've got Dalvin Cook. They've got one of the best wide receivers in the league with Justin Jefferson with Kirk cousins. They were serviceable, but they've just lost too many random pieces on defense to like hang in there. Kudos to them for hanging around 500. But like, I don't know if Kellen Mond's going to ever start a game or beat anything in the NFL. And I'm not here to say that he is, but for a reporter to ask like, Hey, do you want to see this guy that you invested third round pick in and your head coach who's a defensive coach, by the way, and who's done a good job of deferring to offense coordinators in the past so much so that like Mike Shermer or not Mike Shermer, whatever, Shermer, Pat Shermer. I don't know why I keep calling everybody Mike. Shermer, Stefanski, like they've had other OCs get hired as head coaches. 
So it's not like he's not good enough to like defer to OCs enough to like become their own head coach elsewhere. But for some reason in this situation, he's like, yeah, that guy's not playing. I see him every day. Like, why not just be like, we'll, we'll consider it over the week. But as of right now, Sean Mannion's our starter going into next week. Maybe they're just protecting him. Or really, I guess they're asking because Kirk Cousins will likely be back. Is that right? So if if, I guess with that perspective, like if you're the reporter, are you asking, are you going to start Kellen Mond over Kirk Cousins? It's probably a dumbass question. And I I was thinking of of an injury, but he'll be back by then most likely. Yeah. Good point. Uh, And then before we, before we move on, uh, just got to give a shout out to the Bengals. Oh boy. Actually, yeah, I had their box score pulled up to give some love to Jamar Chase for absolutely going off. 11 catches, 266, three touchdowns. That's a really fun team. Like, yeah. I, I don't – I would not want to see them in the uh, in the playoffs. I know that's – not expecting them to make a deep run, but that would not be uh, – I don't know. They're, they're a very good team. Joe Burrow's – is it weird to say Joe Burrow is already like top five quarterback? I mean, I don't know who I'm taking over him in like one game outside of Rodgers, Brady, Mahomes. He's right there. I mean, he's he's top seven ish. He's balling. I like you hedged a little bit. He's seven ish. You, you respected what I said. You say the ish, you but can, you're not you're you not can, ready can, to go yeah, where you can I'm going. One, one or two positions the other way, you know. I'm prone to hyperbole. I'll step it even back further. He's top third of the league. How about that? Okay. But let me just read you the current oh, AFC playoff third. race. Like, I don't know which of these teams you'd feel good about. Whereas with the NFC, like you've got Philly and San Fran in the mix. But like, as of now, the Titans are the number one seed with the bye, which might give them the ability to not have to play a playoff game before Derrick Henry comes back. Because remember, the discussion was he'd be out at least the regular season. If they come back with Henry in round two, keep an eye out. Um, but you have the Chargers, Chiefs would be a first-round game. The Raiders still have a shot um, going into the final week of the season. Then you have the Colts, Bengals, and then the Patriots, Bills. So you've got Mac Jones, Wentz, whatever, um, but Jonathan Taylor. Like, I don't want to play any of those teams. No. I'm still I'm – Like, still, if you're the Cowboys and you're in the AFC, hypothetically, like, who would you feel good about playing <laughs> – I don't know. It's been a weird. I I I watched the Chargers get dismantled by the Texans last week. So, I I don't sure. know anything. I don't know anything about the AFC. I'm I'm still I'm still riding with the Chiefs over there. But I do love the guess Bengals they, are really the fun. Cowboys did beat. Yeah, the Cowboys beat the Chargers and the Pat Patriots. So I guess fuck me. That, uh, that was eight like seed looking in. No. The Cowboys haven't had a good win in like eight weeks. True. True. All right. Anything else on the NFL? I don't believe so. Okay. Can I interest you guys in a sports party? Want a party? I kind of want a party. This is the segment where we not only talk sports, but we party at the same time. My team time. wins a big game. It's good. That's a shit Haven't done this in a while. Well, How about this? <laughs> Can I interrupt you? There we go. I did it again. What'd you do? Well, let's just start the segment. We'll see. What'd you do? Rest in peace, John Madden. Welcome to oh. where we party. Oh, Rest in peace, John Madden. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, damn. Well, like we said last time, it's a celebration yeah. of his life. All right? Yeah, his life was a football party. So, John Madden, he's like he has a legacy as like a football coach. Correct. 
and a broadcaster. Double correct. Everyone under 40 probably knows him most as, like, the video game guy, right? All three. I mean, they... What an absolute legend. Not only the video game guy, but like the guy who is responsible for every concussion and every football injury and glorifying it uh, in the last 25 years, really, per per nuclear tweets. <laughs> I saw this from two different, two different people. People uh, were really going off. They, um, I guess there's the Mike Florio came to the defense of John Madden by playing the clip of when Jim Harbaugh, former Chicago Bears quarterback who had his career like, you know, very clearly impacted in his life to this day, impacted by concussions, you know, guys wear glasses indoors due to sensitivity to light. Um, And John Madden, he was, Harbaugh's being, uh, not Harbaugh, uh, Jim McMahon is being uh, evaluated on the sideline. And Summerall basically throws up there, well, it looks like they're taking a look at him, see if he wants to come back in the game. And Madden very vocally and very clearly is like, yeah, I don't think a player who has a concussion should come back into the game. And after his career, I guess one of the last events that he did see in his career was a preseason game where Derek Stingley, senior, um, all-pro cornerback, uh, was paralyzed during a game. Noted Derek Stingley sounds familiar because he was paralyzed while his wife was pregnant or he had a toddler who went on to now be Derek Stingley Jr. and is like going to be a top 10 pick this year. Um, Derek Stingley no longer with us uh, due to, uh, what do you call it, complications from that injury. But John Madden advocated for player safety and a lot of things we didn't see. So kudos to him for that. I mean, there's not much more we can I can say that hadn't been said as far as this impact on everybody, uh, with the exception of the fact that shouts to him for bringing the Madden Mobile through uh, – uh, Urbana, Illinois, and uh, when the O'Shea brothers were, you know, padding up to play a big game, he was there to help the little Giants get over the hump. He sure was, yeah. No one's talking about that. What was your favorite Madden? Whatever the N64 one was, that was my favorite. Um, 04 to 07. I mean, that's just my wheelhouse of when I was full-blown video game addiction. You know, probably six to seven hours of uh, time wasted on NCAA football and Madden. Um, I, I don't know. I, I played the hell out of uh, whatever Dante Culpepper was on the cover of, which I think is like 03. Ooh. Saucy. Vince Young made a cover, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't he? Titan. Uh, I was always an NCAA football guy. Never really graduated Agreed. to uh, Madden. I like the dynasty mode, you know? Yeah. Shit was tight. Agreed. Um, Rest in peace, I felt Dan like Reeves. an idiot. Yeah, I felt like an idiot when Dan Reeves passed. I only knew Dan Reeves as the coach of the Falcons. I Obviously, I assumed he was a player and had a career before that, but I did not know he was a running back for the Cowboys or that he was like played in the Ice Bowl and was like a big fit, you know, coach for the Cowboys. I only knew him from being the coach of the team that had Jamal Anderson doing the Dirty Bird. That's all I knew. Yeah, I feel like that's like not a, a part of Cowboys lore that they really – I don't know. You know, you know the guys from back from like the '60s teams and the '70s teams, but Dan Reeves is not really one of them that gets talked about. But anyway, <laughs> I just read um, that. <laughs> uh, we got a Dana White, Jake Paul beef, uh, dude. This is like the coolest thing the Paul brothers have ever done is call out Dana White for fighter pay, and now they're they're going back and forth over uh, drug testing. Dana White saying you. 
We'll steroid test you for two years. I'll take a cocaine test for the next 10 because Jake Paul calls him a cokehead. It's ugly. It's, it's, it's stupid, but it's, it is, I, I think it is kind of funny to see uh, Dana White try to uh, Can you, get in the mud with the Paul brothers, and he is not ready for that. He's going to get memed to death. For those who are not in the know, um, what is the, the pay beef for uh, UFC? Like, what, what, what does Jake Paul They're asking fi- for? He's, he's saying that, that Dana does not pay his right. fighters enough. So, like, at a minimum, like, what is it? Like, he's saying oh, you need to pay your guys, you know, minimum 50K a fight. Because there's some guys who go out there and they might have a fight at the lower end of a card or on the prelims and get like 10K or 15 or 20. Um, and they don't even get to bring all that home because they had to pay their trainer, their cornerman, all that. So it's it, it's all about like who's got the bigger pay-per-view eyes. Dana White's saying Jake Paul's losing, uh, isn't doing numbers on pay-per-views on his last one with Tyron Woodley. And Jake Paul's like, well, I just not, I'm knocking out your champs. I'm knocking out your best guys. And so there's a whole thing. He wants to fight Jorge Mas, Masvidal, Cuban Jesus. Well, it'll never happen, I don't think. But it is a funny beef because Dana, Dana deserves to get some blowback. So shout out to the Paul bros. How about that? And uh, for something nobody expected or uh, that we actually should be doing, but shout out to uh, Ricardo Pepe, one of the uh, most notable MLS players and the, the highest earning, I guess, let me rephrase this. Um, a team out of Bundesliga has paid MLS club FC Dallas $20 million in transfer fees uh, for his services. He's a 19-year-old who's fully homegrown in the MLS system, I believe out of West Texas, and then came up through FC Dallas's program. So good turn of the tide for the MLS. Shout out to Pepe or Pepe for uh, bringing $20 million back to uh, Clark Hunt because we all know the Hunt family needs more money. Noted owners of the Chiefs. Well, I heard Mike's not Hunt doing oil. so well. <laughs> there it is. Mike's been down on the dumps. And lastly... <laughs> Back to the uh, Jake Paul, uh, Dana White tiff. Um, Stolen Valor by Brooks Kepka for rehashing a widely circulated tweet saying that AB was going to fight a Paul brother before this is all said and done. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, dude, justice for a guy on Twitter who originally had that joke. Exactly. Uh, (laughs) At Willie Chuck Jr. on Twitter, Craig Kirkendall. There you go. Um, I don't know if this is uh, Brooks just trying to keep himself in the game for next year's or 2022's player impact program, but uh, apparently Phil won the inaugural season. Dude, it's awesome uh, to see Phil take that bag home, 40. man. <laughs> it's definitely something I care about as a casual golf fan. Uh, yeah, and apparently second place was Tiger. <laughs> That's Tiger doesn't even run his accounts. Like He just... He has he has somebody for it. His accounts have no personality. It's just because it's Tiger. He is he has a Tiger slightly won. better social strategy than Jordan Spieth. Yeah. <laughs> Tiger won based off po- posting his logo, one chip shot, and then like a comeback highlight reel at some point. And that's how he won eight million dollars last year. Like that's good money if you can get it. Unfortunately, Kevin Na, who's like number two in the or no, Kyle Morikawa, or maybe it's not. I don't know. It was more Whoever's number two in the world. Morikawa, number two in the world, finished 11th and got $0. Tough scene, man. 
I don't know. I just I love seeing these guys who get to play golf for a living and 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 make millions of dollars doing so just get more money for being uh, somewhat funny online. I mean, we're somewhat funny. Phil we're not getting good. that money. He is a content guy. He knows what he's doing. He, he he makes these little funny little clips. He's definitely the best at it. But is is that worth eight million dollars? I'm not mad at him for getting the bag. I'm just saying, like, I don't. That doesn't do like when 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 the outlets are like posting it like and they think like the somebody like me is going to care about that. I'm like, cool. I, good for him. Cool man. I guess Phil hasn't made enough in his in his time. Wild idea here. You know, socialist probably biased opinion, but why not take that money in half and then maybe uh, like you have a pro am approach to this. Here's the pros who were the top ten. They get this amount of money. And then you take that other cut. And uh, what influencers and people online, uh, maybe if you can find like the Trevor Noah of golf, like did he bring enough impact to the sport? <laughs> that is to, a joke for four you know, people. Oh, KJ. Come receive on. a percentage of the money elsewhere. Like, you know, we could get a bag off one tweet. Come on, PGA. Spread this wealth around. Trickle down. We're still looking for that guy, KJ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That is so good. Unreal. Man. All right. Well, do you want to run it back? Uh, hold on, I'm adding it one more. Anybody, anything else you want to party on? Like any other um, deaths? The other deaths. Oh, uh, shouts to Betty White and her uh, Snickers commercial. That was a, a great achievement Man. in athletic history. Weeks before hitting triple digits. That's tough. Wasn't it days? Wasn't it? I think it was a couple of weeks, something like that. I don't know. Still close. I was like, look, I'm a Golden Girls, Golden Girls P1. Used to watch the show with my mom. Like every night, every weekend night, I loved the show. It's a it's a good show. You loved Golden Girls. Is that Absolutely. What you said? I swear to God, put that in there. Run it back on that. Zero. I dare you. Dang. Zero episodes Whoa. ever watched. Not to say it's bad. I've just never, Golden ever Girls. seen a, a second. KJ, thank you for being a friend. I don't even okay. know. Okay. Let's run it back. What is it? What is this? It's a segment during which we talk about what we already talked about, obviously. Okay. Catch Dylan in a swack it. Not not, a, not a, the other one that I said. Yeah, that was good. That's good that <laughs> no that's good that you formally uh, made it a swack it. KJ's TV wire game, though trash, is only temporary. NIL free agency is now a thing and could get interesting. A source close to Oklahoma, T-Man, thinks, Dude. thinks Caleb Williams will enter the transfer portal but might return to OU. You can't just out T-Man like that. You can't burn a source, bro. Sorry, T-Man. Let's be sure and edit that. Fucking Carrie Matheson over here. <laughs> KJ once again adds a death to the sports party. Two. Greenson. Two. <laughs> Actually, somehow Two. three. The hunts are doing oh, quite well, most notably Mike. Thank you, mm. David. Hey, uh, look into the patriarch of that family, too, by the way. Okay. Lamar's granddad. Uh, Mike, right? Mike's family? Or no, Lamar's dad. No, I'm sorry. KJ wants Not a fan of JFK. Trevor wants... Trevor. KJ wants to see Trevor Noah Ooh. of golf to get the bag. Again, no one gets that. <laughs> so, uh, and finally, Dave loved Golden Girls. <laughs> you know who else loved uh, Golden Girls? Gene. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Actually, Old Gene loved Blanche. <laughs> well, guys, that's a uh, the, the fiery, uh, voluptuous one. What was her name? That was Blanche. Was Blanche? Yeah, she was the one with the southern accent. And uh-huh. Oh, yeah. She was very um, sex positive. Good for her. We celebrate mm. that. We celebrate that. Yeah. Great show. All right, that was fun. Hey, well, good podcast. KJ, We I can't wait to get you back in studio. Monday. All back to normal Monday. Very cool. Well, we will uh, see you guys. Oh, we're doing a live stream Thursday. 
I think we should do a little uh, final week of the season uh, kickoff, and then we'll, you know, as needed for the playoffs. And as, you know, people should know, dip picks, maybe the points get bigger for certain players as we go into the final weeks. Who knows? Keep this thing going as long as we need to. I think 30 point deficit. I I think I had a great week and made up one point. Uh, you made up zero. Well, you made up zero because you tied the guests. God, I'm over it, man. We'll talk more about that on Thursday. I'm over it. <laughs> Might not participate next year. Oh, he's opting out. Classic. Let's uh, let's get out of here. Bye. Bye. I know. I don't want my chips playing. I want my chips with the dip. I'll bring them dips.